The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Practical Spirituality Positive Messages This is Unity Online Radio The Voice of an Awakening World Discover a positive path for spiritual living Welcome to Voices of Unity with Rev. Jackie Fernandez This is Reverend Jackie, and we are live today, and I'm so excited for my guest, Reverend Cherie Taylor-Jones. Thank you, Cherie, for joining Voices of Unity today. I'm so excited to be here with you. I am, too. (laughs) Cherie and I are seminary (laughs) classmates. And so we go, you know, way back. It's been what, five years, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but you know, doesn't it feel lifetimes ago? <laughs> so I feel like does. I've known you for several lifetimes. So yes. I'm so glad to be with you have this sacred time this morning. And we are kicking off a month of healing for August. And today we will be talking about he- uh, wounds of the heart, which, you know, is, um, is an important aspect of a healing process. You know, healing isn't just about the body. So I'm so glad you're showing up for this conversation and offering your heart and your wisdom. Yeah. So, yeah, I want to just kick us off with some words by Myrtle Fillmore. And don't we love Myrtle, right? I mean, if we're going to talk about healing, we got to get to Mama Myrtle, right? There you go. In seeking the way to health, we are to pray for an understanding of our oneness with God to claim it. Your spiritual awakening is the important thing. Your spiritual awakening is the important thing. And I think this is, you know, this affirmation, right? This little note of truth that she has just, uh, it has legs. It can go with us in so many different directions. And so I'm going to repeat it um, throughout this series and, and really love how it launches us into this conversation about the heart and wounds of the heart. But first, Sheree, I got to introduce people. I think a lot of my listeners probably know who you are, but there might be some out there now or in the future who who are new to you. And so I want to make sure they know what what an extreme, can I say badass on the air? I don't know. Yes, yes, you, did. <laughs> you are what an extraordinary woman, powerhouse. There we go. Reverend Sheree is a consultant, speaker, and author in the fullness of those words, consultant, speaker, author. Her passion is to assist people in questioning their personal beliefs, assessing and analyzing if those beliefs are valuable or need to be changed, giving them permission to release beliefs which no longer serve them and facilitate them in creating new, empowering beliefs. She believes it's in our ability to question our convictions. That we are able to create personal transformation, which leads to a collective shift in consciousness. 
And you got to know this. She has a newly published book on Amazon.com entitled Turn Your Why into Why Not. This book is about helping readers change outdated belief systems which no longer serve them. It is gaining popular attention as a non-judgmental and practical path to shift consciousness. Sheree is also the host of a podcast called Belief Busters, and I put that link um, on my Facebook page in the comments for the post about this show, and it's beliefbusterspodcast.org. That supports transformation of consciousness, and you can reach Rev. Sheree at her website, preachitsister.com, and her Facebook page is also Preach It Sister. All right, let's preach it. That sounds good. <laughs> Who is this amazing woman you're talking about? It's you, baby. It's all you. <laughs> why and so why not? Tell me a little bit about the book. So my passion has always been about how do we really shift? You know, we, we say affirmations. We say denials. We, we do all this practical spirituality in our hope and desire and intention to really transform ourselves. And through the work, what I've been really finding out is that if we have these underlying beliefs that we still hold on to from our childhood, from our school, from religion, and they are still driving us underneath, we don't really have a complete total transformation. Mm. It's kind of like there's, you know, when the the pond freezes on top, right? There's the ice yeah. on top, and then there's all that water that's still gushing underneath. Yes, there's so it's much going on. like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that analogy. There's so much going on under there. The same thing, like when we think of like the duck swimming on water, it looks so peaceful and calm yes. and just, you know, but underneath just the just those little lakes are just going, right? Yes. Ah. And I think that really speaks a lot to, you know, we started off, this movement with healing and prosperity consciousness. And when we look around our movement today, there's so many people still in lack. And what I think is it's like, you know, we we put these band-aids on when we have these wounds that really require surgery. Right. Yeah. So how do we do that surgery? We do that surgery by going into what are our beliefs that are driving us, regardless of what we're putting on top, we've really got to dig underneath. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's, and that can be an excruciating process, right? Oh, it is. Nobody <laughs> wants to do this. Nobody wants to do that. Well, and you know, the thing that's like always so interesting to me is when you start digging, when you start that process, like it's yourself, right? It's your own heart. It's your own mind that you're digging into your own soul. And yet you often uncover things that are just surprising, shocking, can even still be deeply familiar, but but there's a, this aha, like, oh, wow, yeah, that's yeah. why I do this or that. I, I forgot all about that experience. Right, right. And yes. that was a moment, a defining moment in my life. And I, I really haven't recovered from that or, or processed it in a way that has allowed me to move forward in my fullness and my wholeness. Yeah. Wow. Oh, I get it. It's, it's not easy work. And I think that's why so many people shy away from it. I mean, I get it. Who wants to be uncomfortable? Mm-hmm. We get comfortable with the level of pain that we can endure, you know? Yeah. Um, and 
this is this is calling us to go deeper. And I think right now, especially with what's going on in our communities, in, in the nation, you know, we're dealing with COVID, we're dealing with the pandemic, we're, we're looking at the world as being turned upside down. Mm-hmm. What we thought was top is now bottom. Mm-hmm. And then we've got, you know, the call for the Black Lives Matter movement, you know, and really mm-hmm. looking at systemic racism. This is another oh my God, we've got to look at this. I don't want to look yeah, at this. This, right. you know, this doesn't impact me, mm-hmm. but it does. It impacts all of us. Mm-hmm. And and I think because of all of this upheaval, this is the perfect time. We're already uncomfortable. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> we might as well look. Oh, well, I was like, we got the rug pulled out from under us. Correct. So. All right, so you're on the ground now. You yeah. had a boo-boo. Yep. What are you going to do about it? How are we going to put it all back together? Yes. And I think it's a call for looking at a lot of our unconscious biases that we have. You know, I tell people there's no shame in that because if we were educated and raised in the Western culture, we've been indoctrinated to be biased. Right. That's just who we are. Right. So now it's okay. I'm realizing I have biases. We don't have to blame ourselves. We don't have to shame ourselves. We don't have to be defensive about it. It just is. Yeah. Oh, okay. So now I've got biases. Why don't I take a look at, well, what biases do I have? Some of them may still be relevant and a way to protect myself. So those, you know, I'll hold on to for now. Maybe later they'll shift, but right now they're okay. And the ones that really no longer serve me, that keep me trapped or keep me in a, um, in a box, so to speak, I can systematically look at each one of those and go, oh, where did I get this one from? Mm. You know, like for, I'll give a silly example. My grandmother, of course, you know, she was through the depression era Mm -hmm. and growing up, um, my heritage is British. So we drink a lot of tea and she would reuse a tea bag like three times. (laughs) Right. There's still tea in there. Of course. Exactly. Yes. I'm like, and so I grew up that way. And then I thought, really? This, oh, this belief isn't truth. Mm-hmm. This is a belief from my grandmother from having gone through the depression. And this is what she needed to do. It no longer serves me. I'm not in lack. I'm not in fear. I can have a fresh tea bag every cup of tea. <laughs> what? <laughs> what in the world? <laughs> I know. So it's something as simple as that, right? I mean, that's a really simple um, example, but how deep it runs that we unconsciously, oh, I'll just reuse this tea bag. We don't even think about it. Right. Where did that belief come from? Lack, right? Yeah. Not having and and it's a a variation of hoarding, right? And in, in her generation, in her time, there was a need for that, but it became a mindset is what you're saying. Yes. And, and then was passed down to the generations. generations. Yeah, absolutely. So how many things do we unconsciously have passed down to us, mm-hmm. have indoctrinated through our rate being raised as children yeah. that we can now take a look at, not from a place of blaming right. our parents, right? You know, our parents really, I believe They wanted to keep us safe in the world. They wanted to keep Mm -hmm. us protected. And they taught us different things in their mindset to keep us safe. Mm 
And so now we have the opportunity to go, oh, I see why you taught me that. Mm -hmm. I get it. It came from a place of love and I don't need to do that anymore. I'm safe. I'm safe. And that awareness that you're talking about is so is so important because there it creates a shift, right? From like this was me as a child and what I understood and and now when I shift and understand my parents or my grandparents in their own context apart from me the child in my world, right? Mm-hmm. Then then I opens to understanding and compassion and and really becomes a greater, um, closer, I think, uh, relationship and connection to, to what's happening that, you know, the awareness piece connects us to that, which we were disconnected to, right. You're disconnected to your grandmother in that way and understanding and knowing why she did the things she did. Absolutely. Because instead of rolling my eyes and mm-hmm. poo-pooing her superstitions or whatever mm-hmm. label I've put on it, I now get to be compassionate. Yes. I get to see her in her wholeness. I get to connect with her anew and love her for doing the best that she could in her mindset. Yes. That's completely different. That's an integration that I think in the normal modality of therapy has been missing. Yes. That's so true. And you know, I'm I'm thinking about your podcast Belief Busters, right? That's what you're doing, right? Exactly. <laughs> yes. And I just send so up those excited. beliefs. <laughs> yes. I get so excited by that. It's like every and you know, I'm doing it all by myself, so I'm, you know, doing all the editing, all the, all of that, and it's labor intensive. It really takes up a lot of time. But I get so much joy in that because I think if one person is able to shift their thoughts about unworthiness, shift their thoughts about prosperity, shift their thoughts about um, family or race or humanity, I'm like, I'm doing my purpose. And that just, I, I mean, I'm talking and I give myself goosebumps because to me, that's where the transformation is. It's yes. in our beliefs. It's in how we see the world, the meaning that we make out of every conversation, every interaction that we have with people. Oh, meaning makers, aren't mm, we? Extraordinary, yes, we are. <laughs> extraordinary <laughs> meaning makers, aren't we? Yes, we are. Speaking it's... of wounds of the heart. <laughs> Boy, yeah. we just, you know, and understandably so, right? It, as we observe the world around us and the interactions, you know, we, um, and the way we interface with other people and circumstances and situations, of course, we're making meaning of it so that we we can sort of protect ourselves and know which path to follow and, and which yes. path to leave. Um, but when we do it unconsciously, which is what you're talking about, without Correct. awareness, then, then we're just, you know, making whatever meaning we want that's informed by all of those past patterns or past experiences that aren't relevant to what's actually happening right now in the moment. That's correct. Yeah. We're, we are making meaning of our past history. Mm -hmm. And so we've lost the present moment awareness. We've lost that ability to really see, you know, we talk about there's divinity in each and every one of us that God is expressing through us. Well, if we're stuck in the past, we miss that current present moment opportunity with that individual 
to yeah. see them. Yeah. And that, you know, the, the past of our own being or the past of the other person, right? Yeah. Like who I knew this person to be, you know, 10 years ago, I'm still holding on to that. And Ooh. I can only see through that lens now or who I knew myself to be or how I experienced, you know, some interaction. And I'm just holding that, like expecting the same outcome over and over. And um, so it's like we have very complex ability to keep ourselves stuck and unconscious. <laughs> No, we do. And we do it from a, a place of protection. Yes. You know, this is all about feeling safe in the world. Yes. Uh, um, and that's from our childhood mostly, you know, where mm -hmm. we're taught what's right, what's wrong, where we're taught mm -hmm. this is dangerous, this is okay. Who's our tribe? Who's not our tribe? Mm -hmm. Who, you know, our friends should look like or not look like. And we just carry that with us. Mm-hmm. And mm. I, and my call is we don't have to we right. really stop and pause and look at what belief we have with this person that's right in front of us today in this present moment. Oh, and that's so like the word vulnerable comes to mind. It is, isn't it? Yeah, because we know we don't the risk. Yes, taking the risk and we have to lay down all of the armor that we've built up, right? All of that protective armor, guarding our heart, and we have to just lay it down to to really be present in the moment. Oh, that's so scary. It is. It it is. And there is a possibility that we could be hurt. Yeah. Right? Yes. But the more we do this work, the more we build up this sense of God in skin. And being aware that who we are is to really see that other person in their truth. And the more that we're able to do that, you know, I've had some really interesting interactions with people that have just been so amazing. Like I couldn't even have wished for it because I didn't even know that it was possible. Um, and I've had some other interactions that were like, you know, oh, that was mm -hmm. not good. Mm -hmm. Or it didn't feel good, I should say. Mm -hmm. um, but I really believe our walk is to be love in action. And that means being vulnerable. And that yeah. means the willingness to step into who we are with that person. All of our foils and fobbles, right? Mm -hmm. All of our excitement, all of our accomplishments, all of our failures. Oh my God, can you imagine standing in front of someone and saying, here I am, failures and all, and I am still worthy. Really? I am it still hurts. worthy. It hurts. <laughs> it hurts just thinking about it. <laughs> and that's, you know, which is why we're talking about it, right? Wounds of the yeah. heart is because the gift in all of that, the gift in that is the healing moment, right? When we can stand there and, and just honestly, this is who I am with all of the, the treachery about me, mm -hmm. <laughs> all of the cred and all of the good and, yes. and be seen and be heard with that, that, that is like the most healing moment It is because and now I've... I can go forward having been heard, having been seen, having been accepted. And so it starts to break away the armor that I've built yes. up at times I wasn't. Yes. Yes. 
and it's a new walk in the world. Yeah. It's new skin. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and that changes. That changes everything we touch afterwards. Mm-hmm. Everyone we connect with afterwards. It changes. Mm-hmm. And that's the collective transformation that I want to see in my lifetime. Yeah. Well, and what it does, I'm thinking too, is like you said, it's a different walk. Like when you walk away from that moment, then your capacity to offer that experience to someone else and to hold that space for someone else has expanded. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. It's contagious. Correct. The good kind of, the good kind of contagion. Yeah. Yeah. You can wear your mask. Your mask will not stop this process. You know, (laughs) keep the mask on. That's right. And you can can still still experience interactions. Yeah. Yes. I love it. Oh my goodness. This is so good. You know, I think one thing we didn't talk about, it wasn't um, in your bio that I think we need to presence because when you're talking about interactions and such, you are on this journey, right? Tell us about this, this, this road journey that you're on. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. So my husband and I, we always planned when we retire, you know how you have those things you'll do when you retire. And one of the things was that we would sell our home and travel around the country in a motorhome. And we kept really looking at this. Well, do we have to wait to retirement? <laughs> Ooh, maybe, maybe that belief needs to be busted, right? All right. <laughs> and we figured out a way where we could both work remotely. And so we have been, we just celebrated our two-year anniversary, August 4th of being on the road. Wow. And we've been traveling around the U.S. and it's, it's really, for me, it's been somewhat of a spiritual journey because in this, in this unknown, because there is so much unknown, you know, when we have that house, we're very safe and we feel very safe in those four walls. You know, mm-hmm. we know what each day is going to look like, how you get dressed, how you get ready to go out, um, what time you come home, how you're going to cook dinner, all of those things that you just take for granted. Well, they're kind of gone on the road because you're, yeah. you're someplace new often. Yeah. Um, and so sometimes, um, you know, you're freezing because even though they say it's insulated, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> not wow. enough for the weather. So right. it's really about, I feel like we are, in life, in the flow of living it on life's terms, mm. as opposed to, I feel like when I was, had my own home, it was um, definitely this safe haven that I created. And like, once I stepped through the door, that was my world. Right. Yeah. And now being in the motor home, I don't really have that. I mean, we are in the world on mother nature's terms um, don't know who's going to pull up next to us, how long they're going to stay. Are they going to be like really cool people? Are they going to be scary people? What are they going to be like? Right. Right. Um, and it's been this wonderful journey of going across the country and, and understanding, um, culture. Cause we do have different cultures depending on the part right. of the country that we're in. Sure. And being, awakened to the reality that if I was raised in this particular town with these circumstances, with these families around me, guess what? I would think exactly the way that they do. 
Mm-hmm. And that has really freed me up from being this judgmental person who's like, how could they possibly think that way? What's wrong with them? Well, there's nothing wrong with them. They are simply a product of their small environment, right? Of how they were raised, how they were taught. So there's this love of who they are, even though they don't think like I do, or they don't see the world the way that I see the world. And that is freedom. You're just like walking a mile in a lot of different shoes. (laughs) It feels that way. Two years. Wow. When I'm in this really good place, I'm like, oh my gosh, I get to do all of this. And Mm -hmm. I have to say, you know, conversely, there's moments where it's like, what kind of crazy ride am I on? You know, <laughs> <Is this laughs> uh, maybe it's time to like uh, get a house again. So there are those those moments as well, you know, mm-hmm. especially when I feel afraid, because, yeah. of course, I'm going to feel afraid at times. Sure. I'm human. Sure. It's part of being human. But it's what we do with that. Right. It's what we do with that fear. The ability to look at what is the belief that is driving that thought that is creating that fear. Mm hmm. And being wow. willing to stand in that yeah, and then go, oh, I get it. Oh, you're protecting me. And then being able to have that conversation with myself that says, I don't need that protection anymore. I'm really okay. And I'm capable of taking care of myself. Thank you. Mm. You know, it's not lost on me that your process so you've been doing this for two years mm-hmm. and that, that of letting go like you said of your routines of how I get dressed how you know mm-hmm. where I cook my dinner how you know that that sort of safety and stability and, and continuity of just daily routine you voluntarily gave up what mm-hmm. you know so many of us have lost because of this COVID pandemic you know, I mean, people are still in their homes for the for the most part. Some people are are not are you know unable to work and unable to pay their bills and you know or have had to move in to help caretake. But um, but that daily routine has been lost to so many, and yeah. you know, I think there's been this collective grief. And so I'm curious if you experienced that a kind of grief, even though you voluntarily made a change. Absolutely, absolutely. I think if I If I knew the process that was going to be coming, (laughs) I don't think I would have said yes to that. Really? Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Because, you know, you fall in love with the adventure. Sure, sure. Fall in love with that. And then you realize, oh, well, that means there may be some days I can't take a shower. What? (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know? So, yeah, it's, um, there there has been um, a loss of grief. And I, well, There's grief at the loss of that consistency. Right. Ooh, that music means it's time for us to take a break. So let's pause on that. That sounds like a good one. We'll be back in just a few minutes with Reverend Sheree Taylor-Jones. listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. 
Thanks for joining us. Welcome back to Voices of Unity with Reverend Jackie Fernandez. And this is Rev. Jackie, and we are back with Rev. Cherie Taylor-Jones. And we were talking about, well, of course, our overall topic is Wounds of the Heart. But just before the break, we were, Cherie, we were talking about your journey on the road and how you sort of voluntarily gave up your your daily routines. And, you know, and then I was sort of comparing it to how this COVID pandemic has launched a lot of us into that that loss of that daily routine. And I'm curious because, so you've been on the road for two years. So has anything changed for you? um, Yes. Because of the pandemic? I'm curious what's different. Yeah. I feel like I've, um, it's almost like I did a trial run before the Mm -hmm. pandemic hit. Yeah. And so for me, the adjustment was a lot smoother. And what I want to tell the listeners is that the, the first few months of being on the road, they were the hardest because everything was new. There was no routine there. You know, it was like trying to figure everything out. And that's what's happening right now for so many folks as they're dealing with this new way of being, right? It's been since March. So that's April, May, June, July, August. I mean, we're in it. We're in it. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And, I want to say that when I hit around the six-month place, things shifted. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I want to give our listeners hope. And the shift for me was, how could I look at this from the perspective of this is a shift in how I view the world? Mm. This is a shift in what's for my highest good. And once that started, like really kind of looking at it from that perspective, I didn't feel like this was being done to me. I didn't feel like this was a slog that I've got to figure it out. And I didn't have that anymore. Now it was like, Oh, well, could I do this? And Mm -hmm. what if I did this? And it was such a difference in the perspective. So the perspective shifted from woe is me and I'm not capable of all this change so quickly mm-hmm. to look at this girl go. Yeah. She's doing this. She's doing yeah. the other. She, you know, it, and it just becomes now, now what else can I do? And it's a yeah. complete shift in our world view. Mm-hmm. And when we're looking at it from that perspective, now we're empowered. Mm-hmm. Now we're looking forward to the day. We're yeah. waking up like, ooh, what, what's the day going to bring? As opposed to, oh, my God, I don't want to wake up tomorrow because, <laughs> right. uh, you know. I mean, I laugh, but <laughs> We've all there, there's a lot of tears. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of tears in that scenario. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And that's part of our human experience. So, you know, there's no um, wrongness in feeling that grief. You've lost the the way that you envisioned the world was going to be. You've lost the way that you thought your life was going to be. Mm -hmm. Grieve that. Be with that. Feel the tears. Feel the angst. Feel the what the is going on, right? Feel all of that. And then when you're tired of feeling that, start having the conversations with yourself. Okay, so 
what is my belief about this? What is my belief about what my life should look like? All right. And so start with that and then go, well, was I really fulfilled in that belief in that life? Or could this now be a new beginning for me? And what could that possibly look like? And basically, we're reframing. Mm-hmm. We're reframing our beliefs. We're reframing our worldview, our world perception, our perception of self. And once and, we're able to, I'm sorry, and, and once we're able to reframe, then what we're doing is creation, my friends. Yes. This yes. is creation. This is when we get to now be co creators we speak it mm-hmm. we talk about it but this is how we do it and i think sometimes we've lost that idea of how do we do it oh, this is so good it's you know and your podcast is aptly named belief busters <laughs> <laughs> you know it's just like wow yeah so you're describing that process right of breaking up those beliefs those assumptions those deeply ingrained um you know um paradigms that we have in the world and and then what happens when we bust those up and when we bust up what we assume is going to happen when we wake up in the morning we open to that possibility of really stepping into our creative power and that that is the opportunity that is so alive um for us all right now as you know and on every level individually in our families and communities and as a society which is what you started talking about at the beginning specifically about like the black lives matter movement and our systemic racism like it's an opportunity as things are being broken up to really step into that creative mind and power of how can we create really our best life our best society and oh, that is a scary prospect. Yeah. Yeah. Because to... There's no blueprint, right? If you, if you yes. step into creativity, right? There's no blueprint because the, the previous iteration was not what we're going for. <laughs> Correct. You know, Correct. the previous, yeah. you know, it's like, you know, in so many, I hear in so many different circles, you know, there's no going back from this. We're not going to return to normal. Things will never go back to what they were. And thank God, thank God on so many levels, even for the good, because it can be even better. And if we can, you know, really knit together our society in a way that, that truly works for all and is so much more awake and enlightened and compassionate and, you know, accepting and and really like engages the idea of equality in a way that has never been done before, then, then why would we want to return to what was? I can't imagine that. Yeah. Well, and I think for some, it's it's this fear of giving up, you yeah. know, giving up um, things that they've come to expect as their norm, right? Yeah. And what if in that giving up, you get something even better? Hmm. That is possible. But, you know, our humanness we are so afraid of giving up what we have mm-hmm. that we can't even see that there is something greater, that there's something better mm-hmm. that's possible. Yeah. You know, it's like the first person who thought to put peanut butter in chocolate ice cream. 
<laughs> they're just living their lives with chocolate ice cream and peanut butter in the house all the time. And then it occurred to someone at some point to put it together. And that became the world's best flavor combination, in my opinion, in my humble opinion. Of course. You know? <laughs> and, you know, and there it is. It's something better. You know, we took pieces of what was already there and created something better. And it's, you know, again, you know, bringing it down to like just, you know, something fun to imagine and to talk about, but it's that same pattern exists in, in all layers of life. Right. And, and that analogy, people are going to be running with it. Yeah. You're going to be hearing about the <laughs> peanut butter and chocolate. Ice cream. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, and then, and then it became peanut butter cups and it, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's peanut butter parfait. I mean, I got the whole list. <laughs> I, I hear that. So, you know, you don't have to get stuck with just that, that first new iteration either. You can then expand and expand and, and, you know, really get into it and we all get to shine and, and oh my gosh, it's just such a beautiful, beautiful opportunity for us. And it, and it can be so hard to see because there is so much right now that is unknown. There is illness. There are people dying. Um, you know, I, we're like the school year is supposed to be starting and in some places it has started and they've already shut down again. And, you know, my kids are getting ready to go back and we're having to make those choices. And, you know, my heart, and I just have to give a big shout out for, any teacher that is listening right now, I see you, I see you. And I just feel like once again, our teachers are getting the brunt of where politics and public health and, you know, and, um, and poverty really meet, you know, and they're, they're being sort of sanctioned with this responsibility to, um, to be, to be the, the uh, front line of what brings our economy back together and all this. And it's just, it's all just this web of what I hope we are really just breaking down so that we can rebuild it in a way that really is sustainable and supportive to, to our families and to our communities and to our teachers. So big shout out to, to the teachers out there. Yeah, I hear you on that. And I um, definitely second that. Yeah. Um, we I got to give a shout out. Speaking of shout outs, also we have Jen Hutchins, one of our seminary classmates. Uh, Jen! She, she, you know, the the rock star of Unity Arts Ministry says, love That's you both. Right. So excited to be listening in. And she also added that uh, chocolate and peanut butter ice cream is her favorite too. So. <laughs> That's a, you know that's a deep soul connection there. <laughs> and Martha Creek, guru of gurus, shine in soul sisters. Yes, nice. yes. Hey Martha, love you. Yeah. yeah, so that's beautiful to when we know that people are listening, and of course this will be archived on UnityOnlineRadio.org for download or listening later. Um, this has just been really a magical time for me to be with you, Cherie. I'm so grateful for it, and knowing that you are parked in the Northwest right now, which is you know my home, so you're just a few hours from my mom and. One of my Aww. brothers, my nieces and nephew. And like, so I feel like I can really just picture myself sitting with you right now. Yes. Because it's a yes. very, very familiar territory. So that feels, you know, that feels really special that that's where you are right now nice. as, we're, as we're having this. And oh, wounds of the heart, you know, I, I just love how we've sort of scooped. <laughs> that's not meant to be another ice cream reference. <laughs> <laughs> You're on a roll. It was not intentional, but, you know, I'm going to go with it. But we've just <laughs> scooped, you know, all around this, like, 
when we're talking about wounds of the heart of, you know, that those wounds tend to be anchored in beliefs that are no longer working for us. And, 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 and if we take that even one step further, it's the grip we have on those beliefs (laughs) that are no longer Uh, working for us, the grip and, and the lack of awareness. And so when we're talking about, we can't loosen the grip until we know we have it. Right. So we're, we're talking about stepping into that awareness and, and really what we've just got through to saying in, in different words is the universe abhors a void. Right. So we're talking about letting go. And but when you're talking about busting up beliefs and letting go of that grip and the expectation and the assumptions that we put on onto life and onto other people and onto ourselves, there's a void that's created. And we have opportunity to step into that, right? With our, with generativity, with our creativity, with the power that we have to, to, to be the light and the life of God. And, and that's terrifying. That can be so terrifying. It can be exhilarating and exciting. You know, when you're stepping on, like you talked about the, your road trip, we'll just call it the road trip, right? (laughs) Like you were all caught up in the adventure of it, right? And and we yes. do that. We get caught up in the adventure of it. Or it can also be like if something we feel just is brand new, like I imagine, um, you know, writing a book and releasing it into the world or, or starting a podcast on your own and being your own engineer and, you know, uh, yes. you know, all of these things that are not as like, you know, it can be just scary. And you know, that vulnerability comes forward in a way that makes us want to just, you know, stay in the comfort zone of, of gripping what we've always known and what we've always believed. And, and yet our opportunity of really taking our life in, into a, an intentional direction lives in that process of creating a void of busting our beliefs up and, and letting go of, of what really has been, you know, manifested from someone else's paradigm or belief yes. that put onto Absolutely. us, like sort yeah. of just inherited or grabbed onto and, and opening up to who are we? Like, who am I? Who are you? Who, what, what flavor of God are we in this world that we can really shine and, and be in it and be creative in it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what's really interesting is that when we're in the process of shifting that belief calling that erroneous belief the belief that no longer serves us when we're in the midst of calling that up and out all of a sudden the negative inner critic raises its head like wait what 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 are you what are you thinking you are not planning on doing that that critic has a job to do an important job but they're like really really good at it and like (laughs) like like over time every time Yes. Like, take yeah. a day off. <laughs> yes. You but have good time is... accumulated. <laughs> take it. Take it. <laughs> the good thing is that the more that we do this work, the more that we're able to hear it quickly. Yeah. And then have that dialogue with it. Right? Because the inner critic, most of its function is for protection. Mm. That's what it's there for. Yes. So when you're starting to do something like shift a belief or try something new, that inner critic wants to protect you. So it gets really loud. Uh-huh. 
And then it's our ability now to be masters of ourselves, of our emotions, of our awareness, and say, oh, oh, I see. Mm -hmm. Ah, you're trying to protect me. Mm-hmm. And I so appreciate that. Thank you for all the times you've protected me in the past. And now I don't need protecting anymore. So we're going to do this. And I think you're going to have a great time doing it. When when we take that work deeper and it just like my heart just goes so soft, even with what I'm about to say, is when we can connect with the part of ourselves that that critic is protecting So it might be our seven-year-old self. It might be our 16-year-old self. It might be our 32-year-old self. And when we can connect with who's behind the critic in that moment, oh, oh my gosh, that, that can be a point of awareness, of deep awareness. Yeah, it can be. And what we're, what I'm talking about is not making it wrong. Yeah. Not making yourself bad or or inept, but really just taking that moment to love it, mm-hmm. to love yourself through it, to understand where it came from, to bless it, mm-hmm. to say thank you for all that you have done for me yes. and as me. Yes. And now we're ready to take it to another level. Let's do that together. And that's part of that integration. That's Mm -hmm. part of that wholeness. You know, Myrtle talked about wholeness and health, but that is also part of us integrating all of the things that we've labeled as we don't want or failure or bad or not enough or unworthy. All of that, which isn't true, Mm -hmm. because if, if there's God, then it's all God. We can't just say, oh, only this good thing over here is of God. That one over there that was labeled bad, not God. No, it's all God. We are all God. And all of our shadow, all of our foibles, all of the things that we labeled as not us or not wanting us or whatever we've conditioned it, that's necessary to bring that in, to love that, for us to be complete and whole. Mm, That's beautiful. And that's, you know, it can be easily overlooked because it's hard work. Mm-hmm. And because when we think of, of wholeness, it's, you know, it's just easier to go to the body. And I think in part because if we're working with the body and wholeness, we can, we can go to a doctor. So there can be someone else responsible for getting us well, right? Yeah. <laughs> we can go, you know, get a prescription. We can, you know, whatever. All, there are these like things that we feel like we have more control of it. But the deeper we go with that, with into our being, to our heart space, into our mind, into our spirit, um, it, our responsibility, which is also true for the body, really lies squarely on us. And and it's not to say that we don't reach out to to others, you know, to to provide help us get into that place of awareness, to get, you know, into a different way of being and a different awareness and an enlightenment, if you will. Um, but but the responsibility of of doing that just in the same way we take ourselves to a doctor, um, we have to take ourselves to our own heart space. And, and be willing to, to get into our minds and, you know, and face the inner critic and, and to do so compassionately. 
I've got some words here from Mama Myrtle. And this is from How to Let God Help You on the chapter called Be Made Whole. And I think it just illuminates everything that you've just said. It is up to you to accept your God-given perfection for yourself. Put aside the past mistakes and the untrue suggestions and fix your undivided attention upon the creator of your inner pattern of perfection. This is the secret of success in all spiritual treatments. You must bring all of your mental attitudes, the centers of your consciousness, and even your physical structures to this high place in divine mind where you see as God sees. In this spiritual viewpoint, you are able to name all that is within you according to the patterns of spirit. Thus, you are able to use these soul qualities to outpicture rightly their true creative possibilities. Sheree, you know, had I sent this to you in advance, we might have crafted the conversation we just had. <laughs> but I mean, I just like, I, I, I just chose this probably about 15 minutes before we came on and 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 just laid it to the side um, and thought maybe I'll read it towards the end. But I just kind of opened it up and I was like, wow, we just hit all of those, all of those pieces. Yeah. And what I, what I love about Myrtle is, you know, she was very visionary mm-hmm. and really powerful. And what I love about the work that I do is I feel like I'm able to translate that mm-hmm. into how to's. Yes. Yes. And, and and that combination, I think, is what's really going to move us forward. Absolutely. We, I, You know, I keep saying we are on the precipice of great change. Mm-hmm. I have this immense hope for the planet that we have, you know, the the jack in the box is out. Right. We can't mm-hmm. put it back in any longer. And and now ours is OK. How do we really do this? How do we create this world where everyone is seen as beautiful? Everyone is seen as divine. Everyone is valued and everyone prospers. How do we do that? Mm-hmm. And I feel, you know, it always starts with us, mm-hmm. with the individual, with mm-hmm. how we see ourselves and how we see the world. And all of those things that we don't really like about ourselves we get to project onto other people. Mm. And wouldn't it be nice for us not to do that any longer, to really look at ourselves, to love ourselves up, to get that sense of wholeness and worthiness that we don't have to project our negativity on anyone else and we can just see who they are. Mm-hmm. Divine human oh being. That's, you know, that's the way, right? That is the yeah. way. And and I think it can work. To, and I'm curious what you think about this. Because like, psychology would, would sort of tell us, you know, you can't love another until you love yourself. And, and I feel like sometimes we can get the pattern for love by how we love another. You know, if if our own habit of self-love is, is so terrible, and I'll just say that word, is so terrible or dysfunctional. Sometimes when we when we engage with another, 
and and feel this sense of unconditional love and compassion and support and you know fierce protection and all those things we we can look at that and then turn it inward as as a pattern i'm wondering what you think about that idea i think that is possible um i think what has to happen there first is because it could go two ways right you're in that seeker of looking outside of ourselves for someone to make it better for mm-hmm. someone to love us, for someone to say that we're worthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we're coming from that place, we're usually going to be dysfunctional and we're going to be attracting dysfunctional people to us. Right. But I think that if we have started to do this inner work and getting clear on who we are, I think we then start attracting healthy people to us that can help support us and sustain us in that process. Mm. So you see, there's that difference yeah, there. I love it. I love it. And yeah. It, it doesn't seem like a big difference, but it really is. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I love that. And, you know, and our relationships are another really great place <laughs> to learn and to practice. <laughs> <It's not. laughs> right? yeah. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, they are. They're ripe for the learning. Yes. You know, when, when you choose to be in a relationship, any kind of relationship, really, but especially our, you know, most intimate relationships that, mm-hmm. you know, because that mirror is always being held up. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we're learning more and more about the projections that we put out into the world and um, and, you know, staying in that place of vulnerability. I mean, all of that just comes, you know, to the forefront and and, and it can be our, our richest most fertile ground for, for personal growth and for healing. Yeah. We can, we always learn a tremendous amount from our relationships. Mm-hmm. And what I've learned is I no longer need pain to be my teacher. Yes. Oh, so like, oh my gosh. In the beginning, yeah. it was like pain was my greatest motivator. Mm-hmm. Thank God I've been doing this work enough that I no longer need to attract those kind of folks for that learning. Yes, thank God. Well, thank you, Cherie. That music means our time is up and that just flew by. No! (laughs) Thank you so much for being here with me today. And I just wish you all the best out there on the road. And to my viewers, listeners, sorry. Until next time, tune in and tune up in spirit. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hey, it's Radley Valentine. Join me for a brand new way of connecting with your angels on my new podcast, The Angel Tarot Show. Each week, you'll meet your angelic guides and guardians and find new ways to unlock unconditional love, tune into your intuitive abilities, and create the joy-filled life that, well, you've always wanted. Plus, you'll get a useful and timely energetic weather report, bringing you guidance for the coming week. Tap into the healing, hope, and guidance that's all around you on the Angel Tarot Show, exclusively on mindbodyspirit.fm.